strength means finding the courage to be yourself. And that can mean being empowered. That can mean holding your ground. That can be showing up for yourself and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be now. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are thrilled to have you here today because we are speaking with a specialist on sleep. Oh my gosh, I'm stoked for this. Don't fall asleep on us because we want you to stick around and gain all of the insight from our specialist. Her name is Funke. Yeah, did I get it? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and- <laughs> I will introduce you to her in just a second, but first I want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That will help our podcast to grow. And you can also find out more from us on Instagram at inrawlife.com or .co, sorry, at inrawlife.co. So, Funke, tell me, who are you? Tell me about your business, why you're passionate about sleep. I want to know it all. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, um, well said. My name is Ponke Apalabi Brown. I am a board certified pediatric pulmonologist and a sleep medicine physician. So, AKA, I help children sleep better and breathe better. And guess who else I help? Their parents. <laughs> so, um, and I am the founder of Restful Sleep MD, and I help busy moms prioritize sleep in their children for their optimal health and wellness. And so that's really what I do. And I came into sleep after I had done, you know, training in pediatric pulmonology, really because I saw how interrelated things were between the breathing and the sleeping. Because if you have a child who has uh, a breathing problem like asthma or things like that, their sleep is going to be disrupted because they may be coughing and wheezing at night. And so I thought that relationship was interesting but beyond that as well you know after I did my sleep fellowship was when I started realizing how much how sleep deprived this nation is and you know the CDC actually um, has considered insufficient sleep as a global epidemic so Mm -hmm. this is something that needs we need to pay attention to and since I know the science and as someone who's a mom as well and has had issues and also a physician who's had issues with sleep deprivation. But now on the other end, I've just become so passionate about teaching people about sleep. And so I, I do have, um, you know, I have a YouTube channel and a website where I put out a lot of information. And also I do speak um, publicly. So at events and things like that, really educating people about the importance of sleep. Ah, I love that. I think it's so interesting, like in my own life, because I used to be of the mindset like, oh, what's the most, the, the least amount of sleep I can get 
to get the most done. And I would, I I knew it was six hours. So I'd give myself, if it was five, I couldn't function. But if I got six, I could do everything with enough coffee. And I started realizing, I don't know if you have had people say this or not, but it affected my anxiety. When I only get six hours of sleep, I am way more anxious than if I get eight. Have you, have you talked to anybody that deals with that? Yeah, yeah. So the, the science shows a very, very strong association, really one of the strongest actually between um, insufficient sleep and mood disorders. So we're talking anxiety, we're talking depression, we're talking increased risk of suicidality, actually. So actually could potentially be fatal. Um, so not an association. So not that one causes the other. But in that sense, if you already have sort of more of an anxious predisposition, that lack of sleep can tip you over the edge to just be more anxious and really create this spiral. And so you're right. Um, Most people tend to try to cheat on sleep and get just the littlest bit, um, but eventually it adds up. And then you start to see those daytime effects, moodiness, anxiety, um, you know, all that, we see it in children, we see it in, in, in adults as well. Think about it. Sometimes if you go to the store, right, or to the grocery store, you see this two-year-old throwing a mega tantrum. And what does the parent say? Oh, he just didn't get his nap, or he just didn't get enough sleep, right? That, it's there. So that exact feeling that child is having in that store where everything just seems so overwhelming, we as adults have it. It doesn't go away. <laughs> Yeah, so, so much. <laughs> yeah. So is, when I don't get enough sleep or if someone messes yeah. with my sleep, I get angry. Like my yeah. moodiness comes out. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So just your threshold for pain, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's physical pain, actually becomes so low when you're sleep deprived. And so it, sleep affects everything, you know. Yeah, I know a lot of our listeners and our community, when they're asked, because we help people have more free time to do what they want in their days. And so many people, if you ask them, what would, especially moms, if you could have an extra hour a day, what would you do with it? Oh, I would take a nap. That is such a common answer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that is so true. I mean, I feel like we're all just carrying those bags of sleep debt everywhere we go. And so you're trying to pay it up one hour at a time. But um, I think the key though is trying to consolidate it as much as possible instead of trying to snag it here and there. If mm-hmm. you prioritize sleep and then try to fit all these other things around it, if you change that, you might actually, you will actually be able to get more done because mm-hmm. memory, learning, cognition, executive decision-making right um and 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 learning is so critical sleep is so critical for all those functions so i talk to my teenagers and things who are like trying to burn the candle on both ends and stay up all night actually sleep and then try to learn that skill again and it will amaze you how much more you're able to accomplish yeah yeah i've i've gotten much better at making sure i get the exact eight hours now and i'm like a sticker that's awesome and it (laughs) past year and it really has changed a lot for me and at the right times instead of Mm -hmm. staying up late and waking up late going to bed at a decent time waking up at a normal time and i get so much more done yeah that is that is that is so right that is definitely something that i see 
I love that you use the phrase executive decision-making because it's so true. Like, I feel like when I'm tired, I can't, I like, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, I'll be, I'll, my kids will come in and ask me for something. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, can I have this jar of candy? Whatever. Can I watch the TV? Sure. Like, I'm not thinking. I'm just like, yeah. I'm, sur- I'm in survival mode versus yeah. deciding what's the best next step for me, yeah. for my business, for yeah. for my kids, all of it. Yeah. Oh, that's such yeah. a great way of phrasing it. You- that is so good. That is so true. There's some times when like if I've had a, a, a rough day and I'm trying to still just wrap things up and, you know, if I'm talking maybe to my husband and he's like, oh, this, this, and I'm saying like, you know what, just let's not conclude on that. Let's, let's talk about it in the morning. And it's like a whole, like we're like doing a 180, like, no, I didn't. I really thought we should do that, you know? So you're right. Um, it's, it's really important um, yeah. for us to prioritize sleep. So what would you say for people that struggle sleeping, struggle with sleeping? Like I'm, once I'm out, I'm out. Like my husband came into me the other day and was like, do you not hear the baby? And I was like, no, I don't because I'm very much asleep. (laughs) Um, But so, but my husband is the opposite. Whereas like the times, like I, I got up this morning to go to the bathroom and he's like wide awake, you know? Um, and we actually don't even sleep in the same room because he's such a light sleeper. So I got, I didn't even go, it wasn't even the same room as him. And he still woke up because I was up. So, um, and I have, I've talked to other women who struggle with it too. And they have heightened anxiety because of whatever. So what do you recommend for people who have trouble staying asleep? Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. So really when I look at sleep, um, or when we look at sleep, we should look at sleep that way. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of, we're talking about the quantity of sleep, right? That's the eight hours or seven to nine. Let's try to get it in. Um, and as well as the quality of sleep and actually sleep continuity as well. So in terms of the, the quantity, that's usually, it's, you know, it's this number we're trying to get to. Okay. The quality, you really have to think about what are the things that are affecting my sleep quality? What's the thing that's making me wake up and um, making it hard for me to fall back asleep? You, you mentioned one huge one, which is that heightened anxiety, um, because then your body's in this increased arousal state. And so then it's hard to really settle down into sleep. And I always tell people, we all wake up in the middle of the night, even though you're you you feel like you're asleep and you're just sound asleep through the night, you're actually waking up. And usually we wake up about five times at night, every single one of us. We cycle through different stages of sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, and then REM sleep, which is your dream sleep. But when you, and in between those cycles, you have a very, very brief awakening. Now, the reason why you don't even know it and you don't remember when you wake up in the morning is because your your sleep is continuous. You have good sleep continuity. And usually the reason why that is, is because what you had when you were falling asleep is still with you to continue sleeping. Mm -hmm. So give an example. You went to bed, you have your lovely, I don't know, I love a satin pillow. Uh, So (laughs) you have that there, you're sleeping, your room is nice and cool and dark. That's what your brain remembered when it was falling asleep. So then you cycle through your, you know, whatever, four or five times you wake up, you continue sleeping, you feel safe. This is just what it is like. But if something happens, your pillow sleeps off, the room temperature suddenly goes up. 
something that was not present when you were about to fall asleep suddenly is now like absent or whatever. When you wake up, then your brain wakes up even more. Now, I'm bringing that to either heightened anxiety or something like that. If you're going to bed and your mind is already in this, you know, racing situation, when you have that brief awakening, those thoughts come back in, it's going to make you wake up even more. And so then that just kind of triggers this like vicious cycle of, oh my goodness, I can't sleep now. It's my day is going to be all shot. It's going to be the worst day ever. Look at all the things I have to do. My goodness, who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to pick up the kid from soccer? Like you start thinking all kinds of things. And so really the idea is trying to tackle those things at bedtime with some certain strategies, of course, during the day. Another example would be things like, you know, electronics right technology is here to stay look at us here chatting thanks to technology we're all like you know different geographic locations it's beautiful it's allowed you know so many people to come into our world it's unified the world more than ever it's here to stay but it has its detriments right technology and um you know iphone ipad whatever device video game tv it gives out a blue light which um suppresses melatonin production melatonin is the sleep hormone so if that's something that's part of your going to bed it can also break up your sleep because then your body is not necessarily producing sufficient melatonin or you may have the distractions with the notifications and the texts and things like that. That can disrupt your sleep as well. And then, you know, think of things like caffeine. So those are, these are sort of like some things that you start to think about. You know, if you're having this situation where you're, you're just waking up and it's hard to fall back asleep, caffeine also can affect your sleep a lot. So you have a lot of people drinking like a, you know, coffee with dinner, a nice iced tea and Caffeine stays in your system for so long and it affects the quality of your sleep because it doesn't let you achieve what you call slow wave. That's like the deep restorative sleep. It doesn't let you get enough of that. So that may be something to also consider. So you kind of have to take through and troubleshoot. Like, am I, am I stuck with so many intrusive thoughts? If that's the case, try to address them, you know, meditation, journaling, therapy, meds, whatever you need. You know what I mean? If it's the devices, okay, let's get that out of the bedroom, like 30 to 60 minutes before bed. Is it the, um, is it the room temperature? Ideally, you want a cool temperature. So making sure your room environment is, you know, consistent, it's cool, it's dark, it's noise-free. You know, so those are some basic things that I always notice that is missing when people are like, I just can't sleep, I feel exhausted and things like that. Is it caffeine? Coffee is good, but usually I will recommend not drinking coffee um, after about 1 p.m. And the reason why is because caffeine stays in your system. Actually, the half-life is about four to six hours. So if you drink coffee at 8 or 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. with dinner, when it's time for bed at 10 p.m., you're only halfway there. So, and it's there in your so I love that. I love that. I love that you're drinking coffee now at 10 a.m. and then 1 p.m. you're done. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so those are some things. Um, now, if you do, you've checked all the boxes. And there's no, another piece is, is there an underlying medical condition? Is there um, sleep apnea? 
Um, is there restless leg syndrome? These are all disorders that can make you wake up at night and you just have a hard time falling asleep and you should discuss with your physician. If you've done that and you've ruled that out, then one of the things I suggest, if it's just a situation of, okay, I just wake up and I am fully awake, sleep does not look like it's anywhere in the horizon, um, is to just get out of bed. Just get out of bed. Really? Honestly, it's 100%. Because you're, you're like there, tossing, turning. The bed is now the, the place of, oh my gosh, what do I do? I can't sleep. Look at me. I'm just a bad sleeper. I'm just a, you know, you start to think more of those thoughts. Just like, don't. Get out of bed and find somewhere nice and calm and relaxing and find something boring to do. It's 2 a.m. It's hard. Don't get on your phone. Don't start saying, okay, I might as well get started on my day. You know, no, 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 don't do that. So do something boring. And when I say boring, boring. So there's nothing boring on your phone. <laughs> there's nothing boring on your iPad. So it's either read a boring book or do some meditation or some writing, journaling, or, or fold and unfold laundry if that does not frustrate you. That frustrates me. It doesn't calm me down. Some people find that so fold and unfold, like something super monotonous. So essentially, you're going to try to boy, take your mind off, just detach from those thoughts, right? Mm. And then go back to sleep because wow. the sleep will come. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I have a whole... Like years ago. <laughs> 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 well, now you know me now. <laughs> oh, really? That's, I'm glad to get it better. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're definitely able to transform. It's crazy how little things can really make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Jess, do you stop watching? You stopped watching TV at night, right? I used to need the TV. Yeah. I was one of those ones where my thoughts were always racing. I couldn't turn my mind off. Mm. So I put the TV on so it helped me, it droned out what was going on inside and I was able to fall asleep. But my boyfriend, who I moved in with a year ago, does not like the TV on when we sleep, so I don't sleep with it on. That's but I'm good. Getting better sleep, I've, you know, I've made better mm. um, choices around bedtime and mm. figured out how to clear my mind so it's not racing mm. at nighttime. Mm. And I, yeah, I go to sleep at night by nine thirty every night with a That's no perfect. <laughs> that is awesome. That's yeah. usually the hardest because people feel there's this strong need for the TV, just to kind of block or mask those thoughts. Um, I think there are other ways around that. If, if you, some people don't like the quiet, complete quiet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things like a, a noise machine as, yeah. yes, that's those yeah, big noise machines. Here, or if I wake <laughs> up and he gets up early and I still need to sleep, I'll put on yes. some like ocean waves or something. Perfect. Yeah. Or just even the fan, the ceiling fan, things like that, just to keep that buzz going um yeah. but the, the 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 light from the 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 um the tvs is really not helpful for your sleep yeah, yeah now that bothers me if it happens to be yeah. Asleep yeah. Now. yeah if i wake up i'm like oh that's yeah. so bright yeah, yeah. And, and you know sometimes even when you are sleeping and the light because you know there's different wavelengths there's different scenes and things like that so even through your closed eyes mm. you actually can those um what you call photoreceptors in your eyes can actually pick they can pick out those 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 changes and that can still disrupt your sleep as well yeah. so um, I'm very sensitive to light. So I end up using, um, even though my room is like super pitch black, I have blackout curtains. <laughs> I still use um, 
you know, the, the sleep mask. Yeah, my sleep masks. I still use my sleep masks. And yeah, because once I get any perception of light, I'm just like, oh, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so the, I have a question about that. Yeah. So my daughter loves having like night lights and music mm-hmm. and noise. Like she has like two or three <laughs> light sources of sorts and then like her night music. Is that, but she sleeps, like she gets, seems to get good sleep. Is that a bad habit or is that just who she is? That's, that's absolutely fine. You know, I feel like while we talk about like, some people don't need to do much. Some people sleep with the TV on and they are absolutely able to sleep all night long. They're absolutely able to function and they sleep enough. So if you, if that's you, that's awesome. It's not a lot of people, you know. Um, I would say with the lights, for her, as long as she's able to sleep and you're sure she's sleeping, <laughs> that's fine. Um, one thing I would recommend, because you do have a lot of kids that have fears, fears of the dark, there's a monster, you know what I mean? You can use a nightlight, but just try to avoid it being like directly in front of them. So maybe okay. somewhere in the back or somewhere where it's not necessarily glaring. And, yeah. and, and I think the idea is also with the wavelength. Um, so if you have like blue light or really bright light, then that's that's gonna make it, your brain think it's daytime. But it's kind of like those night lights; they tend to have, you know, much shorter wavelengths and things like that, which are usually okay. fine. I I recommend night lights all the time. It's much better than having some huge overhead light on yeah, yeah. when you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I am super excited to give my husband all of this information. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pile of socks that needs to get sorted that, I mean, that could be his 2 a.m. chore. I, I, I know. It's, it's usually, it's interesting, though, because most of the time, it's women that struggle with their mm, mind really? racing and being, like, light sleepers. Um, most men tend to just sleep through it all. So, um, yeah, but it does happen. <laughs> my husband and I are exact opposite. Like, all oh, really? those memes that say, like, oh, my husband sleeps while the kids ask me whatever, and it's the opposite. <laughs> I sleep like See, a rock. The, the only time I was ever a light sleeper was when my daughter was a baby, but I think that's, you know, a whole other yeah. thing. But yeah. yeah, besides that, what it was always, if I could fall asleep, once I was asleep, I was out. Mm-hmm. Like my mom sometimes questioned if I was alive when I was little. <laughs> I was a sleeper and I breathed so shallowly that like mm. she was, she got nervous. Just checking. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, my boyfriend also is like, he, he can fall asleep right away, but if mm. I get up to the bathroom, when I come back in, he's like, oh, are you okay? Like, if, if or if I move, like, he'll say mm. something. I think he's also a light sleeper. A light sleeper, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I guess we all have kind of different sleep personalities, you yeah. know. Um, I think the important thing is whatever we're doing, just to make sure we're, we're prioritizing it, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. making it work for us. Yes, that's huge. So let's talk about kids' sleep then. What, I mean, because I, so I have two boys, one's four and one is, well, they're almost two and five. Next month, they'll be two and five. My five-year-old sleeps like me. He sleeps like a rock. No, like you can't, you cannot wake him if you try. (laughs) And uh, my two-year-old, he is a light sleeper. Like last night, I walked into his room to set something down quiet as a mouse and he just goes like he'd been asleep for maybe 20 minutes and he just goes hi mama like you're here and then he was awake until 10 and I was like dang it I shouldn't have walked in the room but yeah. um 
it, usually I have white noise on and last night I didn't. So I think that might've been the difference, but what do you do? Like, how do you help your kids to get a healthy night's sleep no matter yeah. who they are or what they feel yeah. like? Yeah. So one of the things, and that's why for me, you know, I not only address the kids sleep, I also help with the mom because I feel like it's a continuum. Um, as moms, we have to be role models so that's one of the things I re- and, uh, try to encourage, like as you're, I know you're so concerned about your child's sleep, but your sleep also has to be in a good place as well. Yeah. So let's try to tackle it. So for kids, I mean, we know it, right? We are creatures of habits. Kids mm-hmm. love routines. And so we have the time when they're doing this, the time when they're doing that, when they're babies, we know when, when, when they take their naps, they feed, we change diaper, we go for a walk. We have it all outline and then you know as they get older it seems like ah well you know so I think it's really the best place to start is consistency having a consistent routine and having a consistent bedtime and wake time Um, I think that's really important because it actually signals their body their circadian system to sleep to expect and anticipate sleep Mm. so really Setting a, a consistent bedtime, a consistent wake time, I think is really important. Um, and then having a routine is also very important. So mm-hmm. a calming routine, two to four activities, nothing too complicated, but stuff that leads you in the direction of the bedroom. So not, you know, sometimes you may take a shower, then go downstairs and play like, you know, some rough play through, you know, not, not that kind of stuff. You just really want stuff to kind of, move you gradually towards the bedroom so whether it's to take a nice warm shower or bath or whatever read a book um do some chatting in bed or talking and then maybe sing a song and then into bed they go so as they do that they're anticipating sleep and so i feel like that's really helpful for kids who may have who may want to challenge, like push their limits and things like that. So this way they know this is what you do at nighttime, right? And so um, that's really helpful. And then the other piece is, like you said, try to create an environment that's welcoming for sleep. So either making sure the room is dark as well, making sure there's either white noise, if that's what they prefer, or noise-free, and, and the temperature. One of the things that I notice a lot is we sleep, our bodies actually prefer a cool temperature to fall asleep. So make sure the room is nice and cool. There's no like, I mean, there's some people that'll say, well, maybe 68 degrees, 65 degrees. Find what is comfortably cool for you and for your child. Mm. Um, the other piece is, um, you know, technology. So the same way we have to address it for ourselves, we have to make sure those, that 30 to 60 minutes, our kids are not, you know, um, exposed to the lights and things like that from devices and things like that. So um, those are some things I recommend in terms of just basic, um, I don't like to call them sleep hygiene because for me it sounds 
like okay what do you mean sleep hygiene like does that mean your child's dirty because you're not you're not practicing <laughs> so just healthy sleep habits healthy sleep habits so it's good to just have that um and you know if you're having sleep issues or your child is having sleep issues you just kind of do like mental checklist okay is there anything going on around here did they eat too late whereby they're now uncomfortable um and then, you know, when you've done that, sometimes all that means you may still have issues with sleep with your child. You may have a child who is, you know, quote unquote, a night owl and just really doesn't want to settle down. You may have a child who's like, mommy, I'm thirsty. One more bathroom. Can I have a snack? I'm hungry. Blah, blah, blah. Another hug. There's a monster under my pillow. You know, all of those things. <laughs> um, the idea is that you... Um, you help them set those limits the same way we set limits during the day. Okay. If you're, you know, you're, you're thirsty and you have a, the only thing with that is you have to be careful. Sometimes I'll say, just leave a a cup of water next to the bed. Usually they're not that thirsty. It's just an excuse. You know what I mean? Like you try to preempt those, um, preemptively address those, all those many issues that they may be having. Sometimes you might have a child who is just maybe, I think for me, one thing I always say is also having the right expectation. So if your child, your two-year-old that was is going to bed at 7 p.m., now they're five. Don't expect them to fall asleep at 7 p.m., right? So what, what that looks like. So what does that look like? So yeah, how many that. hours of, you know, how many hours of sleep do they need? So as they're getting older, the number of hours of sleeping it changes. So your child who's sleeping, who was sleeping earlier, may need a slightly later bedtime. So that sometimes is one of the most common reasons why children are just having so much um, of a pushback when it comes to um, to their sleep. Yeah, what um, I was going to ask, like for adults, it's eight hours mm-hmm. is the recommended, correct? So what... What does that look like for kids as they age? What's like the recommended and an ideal going to sleep time or when you change it? Yeah. So the National Sleep Foundation has a very very set um, recommendations for sleep, both for children and adults. And like you said, um, those recommendations change with age. Um, And in adults, it's actually the beautiful thing is it's a a range. So not everybody needs eight hours. Eight hours is great, but some people can get away with seven and a half. Some people need a little bit more, up to nine hours, for instance. So adults usually is about seven to nine hours of sleep. And um, usually when you're talking about like infants and young children, you're going anywhere from 14 to 17 hours of sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. When you have, um, you know, a young toddler, uh, you're talking about about 12 to 15 hours. For um, preschool children and things like that, they need about 11 to 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And then more of the school-age children usually need about 9 to 11 hours. Mm-hmm. And then our teenagers need 8 to 10 hours. And then the adults are 79. So now the, the, the infants, the preschoolers, um, up until early school age need, probably will need a nap because it's not like they can consolidate all that you know so that's where like and think about it right the under three months you're probably taking like naps pretty much around the clock <laughs> mm-hmm. then your night sleep gets consolidated and then you drop to about maybe two naps and then over time you drop to one nap 
and then the naps usually by school age your naps should be gone some children drop their naps even sooner um, as long as they're getting enough sleep at night and they're not feeling sleepy during the day and things like that mm-hmm. so okay about the naps. I'm in that phase where my four almost five-year-old is done with naps mostly but if he doesn't nap he gets grumpy in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and if he does nap he's up later than I am. Like he's up till 10. Cause I'm, I'm like, let's go to bed. I'm so tired. And yeah. then it's usually just get in bed with me because I don't have the patience to stay up with you. I need to mm-hmm. go to bed and not put mm-hmm. them to sleep. So what do you recommend for that weird, weird age? Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's tricky. So I think most of the time, one of the things that you could do is you try it out. So sometimes you may need maybe a shorter nap instead of like a whole one long nap just mm-hmm. to kind of help them take the edge off. Um, yeah. And sometimes they may need, especially if he's still grumpy, um, sometimes you may consider having a slightly earlier bedtime. Um, if mm-hmm. you're not, if, you, if they're like, absolutely not, I don't want to have anything to do with naps right now. You know what I mean? So I would say if he's tired, if he looks like he's exhausted, if he's falling asleep on car rides, then he probably still needs that nap. And so mm-hmm. you can make it shorter and you can make it earlier. Okay. Make the if nap he's earlier? Like, yeah, you can make it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Okay. If, because that way he's able to still build enough sleep pressure to be sleepy at night. But if you make, if you make the nap um, too late, then you don't have enough. So mm-hmm. this is a fun. You're gonna love this. We our sleep is regulated by two systems: our circadian rhythm, which is our sort of our body clock that detects when you wake up, when you go, go to, when you feel sleepy, when you go down to sleep, and also regulates other functions in our body. And, you know, the sleep piece is regulated by by the melatonin hormone and things. So that's the circadian system. The other system is what you call the, um, the sleep pressure or your sleep drive. Another word for it is your homeostatic drive. So think of it like a pressure cooker. Right from when you wake up, you don't have any sleep debt. You're not sleepy. Nobody's going to tell you to take a nap at 9 a.m. if you just woke (laughs) up. You know what I mean? So you accrue sleep debt over the course of the day, like a pressure cooker. Mm. And so at nighttime, right around there, of course, around the time when your circadian rhythm also is dipping as melatonin is being produced, your sleep is really now at that maximum pressure. And so when you go to sleep, you're sort of popping up that pressure valve and then you dissipate that sleep pressure. Now, Mm. as that pressure is accumulating and in the middle of the day you take a nap what's going to happen you just paid off some of the debt <laughs> I, love it. I know i knew you would love that so that's, that's why he's metaphor. not that's why he's not sleepy okay so if you make the sleep the nap a little bit earlier make it short he should be able to yeah. go to sleep if okay. not then if not then he's like right at the climax of the pressure yeah um and so then he may need a slightly earlier better so you can play around with it see what works oh my gosh <laughs> we're going to the sleep <laughs> sleep bank early today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love that that is such a great visual you know what i have an interesting question what so those school-age kids that don't want to get up like they're getting they're going to sleep at the right time they're getting real mm-hmm. sleep but in the morning yeah. Like they're just going to keep sleeping in. Is there anything like anything around sleep that helps with them like feeling really good to pop out of bed when it's time to pop out of bed? 
It's, it's hard. So that's a group of kids that I'm so passionate about. And one of the things that I do, it's, um, it's limited, but I do provide support for moms where I coach them to help coach their kids to improve their sleep. Mm-hmm. especially those teens and um, late school age kids, because it's sometimes like I'm literally almost pouring cold water over him to get him out of bed. Uh-huh. Like yeah. <laughs> literally we have like four or five alarms go up and he just wants to sleep. Uh-huh. Through it. And then yeah. it, it just creates all this discord, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now there are two different things going on with our late, our, our preteens and our teenagers is that with puberty, their circadian rhythm, again, that same body clock that kind of helps regulate when their sleep is, a sleep-week cycle and things like that, it's shifted. So they naturally are not able to fall asleep at, I don't know, 9 p.m. They just can't because their melatonin production is later. So their bodies are just producing this melatonin later and they prefer a later wake-up time in the morning so when they eventually fall asleep, which is like, you know, their bodies prefer like a 11 p.m. or 12 midnight kind of time. When they eventually fall asleep, they, they can actually stay asleep and sleep for their recommended, whatever, nine hours or 10 hours. But then guess what truncates it? Life, uh-huh. right? We have early school start times. And so many of these kids have to get up, I don't know, 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., Mm-hmm. to get on the bus yeah and so and to learn like hardcore stuff in school so think about that asking uh a, a, a 12 or 13 year old or so to get up get into the school bus and get to school and start doing um i don't know geometry or calculus so yeah it's like yeah. you and i someone waking us up at 4 a.m and telling you to solve some hardcore problem too so it's so not right so it's it's not them they're not being lazy (laughs) their bodies are just so so I think really it's the the education piece is something that I'm passionate about helping parents to see and helping those kids to see because eventually some of some of our kids are like okay maybe something's wrong with me I'm lazy or this And, and and you know again remember there's all this association between mood and and sleep and so they're depressed they're anxious they feel like they're not able to achieve their best um because they're not sleeping enough their learning is off you know their you know their ability to create and make good decisions are off and so you know then it just kind of spirals to all these things and then all of a sudden teenage years are troubled years so some of it is with their sleep (laughs) it is sad so uh, what can we do as parents is advocate for them, advocate for mm-hmm. later school start times. Mm-hmm. There's so many um, bodies now, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, uh, the American Association of Pediatrics, the CDC have actually released statements to say that all middle schools and, late, late and um, high schools should have a late school start time, really because of this physiology. Because we're we're working against their their, their bodies. Um, in terms of what to do for parents, I think key is education. I think that's a big piece. Um, and then two is getting the kids on board. Like this is what's happening to you. 
unfortunately, our society right now is not going to let you sleep until 9 a.m., which is when your body wants to wake up. Um, so how can we figure out strategies to kind of move your sleep as in a reasonable way whereby you're at least still getting close to your recommended number of hours of sleep? And sometimes they may need a nap. Mm-hmm. They do, right? If they're not getting enough, just to, to, to play, try a little catch-up and also just to take the edge off. Yeah. Um, but usually I'll say, if you're going to take a nap to a teenager, um, I would say have it earlier again, earlier in the day, as much as possible, like right after school or something. But it's hard, right? They have all the sports and all the after-school activities. Mm-hmm. So it's... um. It's a, it's a, for me, it's a crisis. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was even like, I mean, I didn't even think about that. That's coming in the next like five years for me. My daughter Mm. is nine. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah, she, I wonder if she's even, cause she's just on the edge of puberty kind of starting soon then. Yeah. Yeah. You may start to see that preference where it's just harder for uh, my daughter's 10. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've started to inch a little. I mean, I set by like 9.15, she has to be asleep. So she wakes up around like 7 a.m., a little after 7. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of moved a, just a, t- a tad bit. But mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't like, it's it's unfortunate. Like this is what their, their bodies are saying, but this is what society is saying. So we have to find a middle ground. So even though she may not be able to fall asleep early, we can find ways to promote early sleep. So back to, you know, the routines, back to the devices, but, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, we've had the same, we've had almost the same half an hour before bedtime routine since she was a baby. So she's very used incredible. to that, which yeah. is good. <laughs> that's perfect. She also loves to read. So then she'll like, you know, read past when I close the door <laughs> than I want her to. Yeah. Well, if she's reading for a few minutes after, that's okay. As long as she's yeah. not, yeah. Well, no, sometimes she'll read like an hour past. I'm <laughs> like, this is why you're so tired. Yeah, yeah. But at least she's reading and not doing I know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not playing video games yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. I have loved this conversation, which I could tell based on how many people recommended you. Like everyone <laughs> loved it. I just, it's, oh yeah, it's, that's it's so true. <laughs> yeah, that was so I like, I'm like, oh wait, tag, 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 tag. What's going on here? So yeah. <laughs> I asked for recommendations in a Facebook group and I think there were like five people that tagged you and every, yeah. So of all the people that said, yeah, I'm a sleep expert. I was like, well, I'm going to go based on recommendations. <laughs> 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 knows exactly what she's talking about. I'm going to go for it. I mean, it's fascinating and I love your perspective on it. And I mean, you have great energy. So it's really cool to just, I think it's, that you're passionate like that speaks volumes you love it it's not just something you do Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was, you know, and I love, I love what your, your podcast stands for, you know, in the raw and just really giving people spaces to be vulnerable. Right. And mm-hmm. just, I think for me, you know how, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm middle-aged now, I guess, I don't know. I guess you could say that. <laughs> I'm still, you know, you have to you think, again. I don't, there we go. Um, black don't crack, all that good stuff. <laughs> So, you know, it was just like on my journey to self-discovery, which I've been 
exploring, right? Like we all do over time, eventually like, okay, what is this? Is this just going to be this rat race and that's it? But mm-hmm. how can I help? And what do I have, right? What, what, what is something that I'm seeing? And, you know, I've seen sleep. I've seen what sleep can do to families. I've seen it break up families, actually. I've seen really, really sad things because of sleep. And I know enough. I've lived it, too, um, as someone who's also had sleep deprivation, right? Um, again, my experiences as, as training in medicine and, and having young kids who had, like, some, you know, sleep issues as well. And I'm knowing that we could, I could do this little bit to help. I can't fix it all. But I think if I could draw your attention to something that's free, sleep is free, you know, um, that's, that for me is purpose. So I think that's, that's what you see and you hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do too. Well, that was a great uh, segue for our <laughs> raw moment. So um, would you be willing to share with us one of the rawest moments of your life? Um, and the reason we do this is just to show our listeners out there that they're not alone. Just because society doesn't talk about this hard stuff doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to every single person out there. So yeah. do you have a moment of your life that you're willing to share that was raw, difficult, but that you, uh, yeah, that you want to let others know that they're not alone if they experience it too? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the hardest for me, I'm a, I, I consider myself an encourager of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of the time, I'm so focused on empowering people that I've had moments when I've, I've neglected myself. And so I hit, I hit a hard spot when my mom passed away. So that was like in 2018. And, um, and you know, it was just, it was hard. It was hard, but I just kept trying to push through until I could not push. I had no more push in me. And so I had to seek help. I had, I got, you know, into therapy. Um, and so it, and, and then I also, with that was actually around when I started to birth this other, this passion of what I'm doing now and inspiring people and, and things like that. And so I think that was a very hard season in my life, but um, you know, I'm here today and I, and I'm leaving to tell the story. So I think it's a good thing. And, um, yeah, I would say that was a, that was a hard one for me. Uh, I, I can so relate to that. Cause I also yeah. like, that's my, I love to encourage other people. And I went through a really bad depression for mm-hmm. six years. But the crazy thing is just like you said, on the other side of that was that I found my real purpose. Yeah. It's like almost like I had to break down this wall of like, I'm yeah. a positive, happy person. Yeah, exactly. Go through the stuff and be like, oh, wait a second. I don't need to just be positive. Yeah. I can encourage other women in their journeys of difficulty, which is yeah. just like a beautiful thing. So I yeah. love, oh, I totally understand what you, what, yeah, what you mean. Like purpose yeah. is on the other side of some of the really hardest moments. Oh, about pain. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I don't know if Sierra told you, we like to do a little fun lightning round with our guests. Like a few yeah. like, quick questions. Um, so I've got five questions for you. The first one depends on, do you celebrate Halloween? Are you a Halloween person? 
partly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the best Halloween costume you ever had? So my kids actually, because I grew up in Nigeria, um, uh -huh. so we don't we didn't yeah, celebrate Halloween, you know. So um, let's see. I had my daughter dress up. We're not that creative, but I we did both. We were both a um, Minnie Mouse, um, so that was cute. Together? Yeah, so yeah, cute. together. Yeah, that. so that I was that was cute. I'm sure yeah. that, that was one of her favorite beginning. Yeah, she she did. She really did like it. <laughs> um, and then you are in the Philly area, right? Yeah. So I mean, I know yeah. Sierra's there. I'm originally from South Jersey, Philly area too. So I know there's a lot of delicious food there. What's your favorite, like, Philly food? Ooh, it's the unhealthiest, the cheesesteaks. That's okay. Do oh. it for me. <laughs> oh, God in heaven. I mean, I count, like, I can count a number of times, but it's, like, a true, this and is a Philly cheesesteak moment, and I'm going to get one. How do you have yours? How do you, what do you put on? Everything. What do I need to say? Give me the note card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next question is, cause you mentioned you have your very good sleep rituals and you like your certain things. So what is your favorite kind of blanket to sleep with? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I mean, in the winter, I do have like a white, or over uh -huh. blanket that's just oh. uh just just so good on my skin <laughs> yeah so. uh the next question we love to ask everybody because we're huge supporters of small businesses so do you have a favorite small business that you love to support yes so i actually just came across this um it was actually during my for my daughter's birthday she had like this candy themed birthday and um i'd gone into a candy store and they said listen there's this lady who bakes the most amazing cakes it's marita's cakes and she's just this incredible lady um with young kids as well who just bakes the most amazing cakes so since I discovered her I've been like telling people about her I'm um, trying to get her you know on social media as well tagged her and all that so definitely um a business that I fully support do you know her what her like social media handle is or she's at Marita's Cakes Marita? Maria's Mar no Marita M-A-R-I-T-A-S yeah Okay. Well, we will definitely, yeah, give her a shout out here and put her in the show. That's room. awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> she's local up there. Yeah, she's local up there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And that's then so sweet. Our last question is what is your favorite thing about you? My favorite thing about me is hmm, my, my authenticity. Mm. I, I think it's too. the fact that what you see is what it is, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's something that I think as I make decisions, as I grow in my business, which I am, you know, sort of on the earlier phases, it's something I'm constantly aware of. I feel like 
even with the age of social media, that's something that we may lose track of, we may lose ourselves. And so that's something that's keeping me constantly grounded in the content I share, the, you know, the posts, the people I follow. Um, yeah. Love that for it. sure. That. <laughs> oh, I'm going to send you our Facebook group after this. I feel like you would be a great voice mm-hmm. in there. Um, empowered unstoppable women and I feel like that completely embodies you (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome thank you um okay so I just have two more questions for you um the first one is we pick a word of the year every year and this year's word is strength so can you tell me like just fill in the sentence strength to me means and then whatever strength means to you strength to me means resilience and persistence even through uncertainty so good oh i love that (laughs) (laughs) and then finally where can everybody find you how can we get in touch with you where do we where can we find you on social yeah yeah so i'm at restful sleep md on instagram and i also have a facebook page that's restful sleep md my website also is restfulsleepmd.com. And um, they're actually, if um, your listeners um, subscribe to my newsletter, I do have a, a, um, a sleep habits cheat sheet. It's kind of where to start. Again, remember you Google sleep routine, sleep hygiene, like so much information comes at you. But I've made it very simple, very practical for people to be able to grasp. Um, and I also am available for like speaking engagements. So if you have conferences or webinars or events, um, um, you know, especially along the wellness space and, you know, busy women entrepreneurship space, um, that's something that I'm always um, happy to, to connect with you about. And you can contact me on my website there as well. Awesome. I love that. I love it. <laughs> So glad you're part of our little community now. Yes. Yes, me too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, We're going to put all of your links in the show notes. So to all of our listeners, you can find them there. Well, thank you all for listening and joining us today. We loved having you. Um, And we hope that you were just as inspired as we were by Funke's amazing knowledge on sleep and how imperative it is to our health and well-being um throughout this whole month we just want to encourage you to to take a look at what you're doing and create healthier habits even if it's just one habit at a time take those steps to being a healthier you and if you want more encouragement in that you can find us at our facebook group uh, empowered unstoppable women or check us out on instagram at inrawlife.co until next week, I hope that you go and check Kay out on some of her social media and get on her newsletter and get that sleep habit cheat sheet because that sounds amazing and perfect. And if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night and you just cannot go back to sleep, do not pick up your cell phone. Just go do something <laughs> boring and then let yourself relax and either go back to sleep or start your day when it's supposed to start. Grab a pile of socks. (laughs) Pile of socks. I love it.